Hello everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk, episode 642, recording today, Wednesday the 4th of November. There are a couple of other world events happening today which might, you might find distracting, but we'll try and keep you focused away from that and on to our... Uh, uh, music technology podcast, which is to do with all things to do with music technology, music production, music uh, recording, music performance, where it's available and possible, software, uh, distribution, streaming, all the kind of things that we can think of that uh, surround the whole business of making and recording and performing and distributing music. Anyway, uh, I want to say hello to our guests. Uh, we'll, uh, let's start over in Berlin because we've got, uh, well, it's been a long time, non-Eric, we haven't seen you for well, ages. How are you? Yeah, long time no see, I'm fine. Excellent. Well, you, I know you've got a new backdrop, you've got some new sound, soundproofing or is it a new camera? <laughs> new camera angle, yes. You know, I'm in a different room. <laughs> Ah, okay, gotcha. How are things going? Because I've seen uh, it's been it's been eight. I, I went over to Muso Talk, and it looks like you're now uh, YouTube only, right? Which is, I guess, that's correct. A lot less, yes, a lot yes, less yes. hassle, right? Yeah, yeah. It's been uh, uh, the major traffic has obviously gone to YouTube. Everybody's on YouTube, and there's only been a couple of people that really went to the site. And because we would have had to um, comply to the new privacy laws and regulations here in Germany and I think in Europe altogether, and that would have meant that we would have had to have a major overhaul of the whole system, including a new uh, uh, content management system. And so we decided that. We'd rather concentrate our efforts on the content than on the technology. And so we're, um, we're basically on YouTube, on a YouTube channel. And I think that's where it should be easy for anybody to find us there. And Yes, I've got musotalk.tv there. It's actually musotalk.de will take you directly to your YouTube yeah, channel. Yeah. So I didn't realize that. So I'm sorry. I'm not sure I'm up to real-time title editing while producing the show. <laughs> Might have to leave that. But musotalk.de, not musotalk.tv. Well, lovely That's to correct. have you, Hans. Uh, and also we have Mr. Yoad Nevo, who there, who's there in London, uh, Nevo Sound. Uh, where he produces and mixes and does much of his work. Also, Waves producer. How are you, Yoad? Are you well? Yeah, very well, thanks. Good Phone's going off here. everywhere. Oh, sorry, I didn't. <laughs> That's all right. I'll turn you down. How are you then, uh, Yoad? Been good? Yeah, yeah. Been busy um, here in uh, my studio preparing for second lockdown. Yeah, you got, you got enough toilet roll in and all those kind of provisions? Yeah. Yeah, I think I can. I can actually use some of it to uh, as acoustic treatment here. <laughs> You've got so much. That's how much I've got of it. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. well, I, I said, that raises an interesting question. What does the studio owner buy in advance for lockdown that might be in short supply? Without, I'm not encouraging panic buying. Obviously, it's a, a good question. I don't know if there are maybe the chat room uh, who actually I didn't say hello to. Uh, maybe the chat room, the IRCs, and all the people in the. Uh, um, uh, Twitch and Facebook Live. Oh, incidentally, before I go any further, uh, don't forget, we're also on Spotify now. We're on Stitcher. We're on Google. We're on Alexa. Uh, we're on iTunes. Uh, you can say to Alexa, uh, play Sonic Talk podcast, and you will get the latest episode. I won't say it because I'm sure you'll probably... You uh, have would, I, well, No, I didn't say it in quite the right <laughs> order. She, she might say, I'm sorry, I don't understand that. But uh, So, yeah, yeah, well, lovely to have you. Um, and any kind of major... I could, 
all looks pretty much the same. The only thing that's different is there's a guitar on the sofa, but I'm guessing that's probably not a new addition. That's just no, something that's, you were strumming. Uh, whenever I, um, I record guitars, I try, and I don't always remember because it's not always so planned, but I try to bring it into the control room if I want to record it here. Incidentally, this, uh, this control room is very, very quiet. Um, the only thing that makes a little bit of noise is um, the HD um, IO converter. I have three of those, oh, 48 outputs uh, IO, but, but I use one so I can turn the... When I record, I use one so I can turn off the other two and I can record here and I really love it. Instead of going to the live room and headphones and all that, I can just... Um, pull a mic, put it here. It's actually rested quite nicely on the... That centre uh, section of your Neve console has multi-functions, exactly. doesn't it? It really does. It, it's a dream. It's a dream. I just love it. Um, so so I try to, to remember to bring the guitar uh, I, I'm about to record so it, so the tuning will, will settle for, you know, uh, okay, an hour or so sense. because the temperature is quite different in the... In the live room, there isn't the, the the heat of all the all the gear and stuff, so that's why it's here. Well, it sounds like you probably need some kind of guitar humidor, uh, where your guitars are kept at the perfect temperature for uh, um, sort of sort of like you do with cigars, but with guitars just to keep them in tune. There must be a product out there somewhere. For uh, yeah, or I can just put it there on the sofa. That works as well. <laughs> a little bit less hassle. Well, lovely to have you, Yoad. And also, uh, we also have Mr. Rich Hilton, who's their uh, Hiltonius Music. Uh, how are you doing, Rich? Rich, of course, uh, mixer, engineer, live player, man of many talents. Um, yeah, how's things going? Had a good week? Yes, yes, things are going well, thank you. I mean, we're all yeah. on, you know, we're all on a tightrope right now waiting to see what happened yesterday but uh, and leading up to yesterday. But... Uh, yeah, I'm good. You know, Excellent. here is well, I, good. Good. I'm glad to hear that. Probably the the, the less said about that, the better, I suppose. But uh, yeah, yeah. But I yeah, get deep, but... no. I, we'll, we'll we'll try and keep it. The, 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 some of the those of you who are watching this after the fact, we're actually in the middle of the results of the U.S. election. We're not sure what's happening, so uh, everybody has different uh, opinions on all of that. But we'll try and keep that to ourselves for now. Uh, well, lovely to have you all here, chaps. Um, what we should do? Let's see what's off. Ah, oh, yeah, there's a new synth. Check it out. I don't think it's possible to be any more 80s, is it? This is the uh, Mode Electronics Cobalt 8, which I have to say is incredibly photogenic. That blue, I, I just used the poster for it. I had an overhead and it looked absolutely fabulous. So this is the 8. Eight voice, uh, it's a extended VA rather than a wavetable because obviously some people will be saying, oh, the Argon 8, isn't it just a blue Argon 8? It actually isn't. I think there's some differences inside. It's not just firmware. There's some DSP difference, but essentially extended virtual analog with the same kind of concept of the spreading oscillators. So you have two groups of four, but it, and it's got a, uh, a modeled four-pole ladder filter. 
And I, I must admit, when they sell, when they pitched it to me like like I just attempted to, <laughs> which probably wasn't the best sales pitch ever, I thought, hmm. Then they sent one, and I tried it out. And actually, there's something about it that kind of works for me better, or seems to glue together better than the Argon Eight for, for just for my ear. So, actually, I'm glad, uh, and it's nicely built, and it's. Uh, it's actually reasonably affordable. What's that? Five seven nine. I think it's about seven eight hundred bucks. Which see, I mean, it's still a lot of money for a thing. But uh, the qual. I think because it's virtual, um, there's less stuff in it. So they've they've sort of put the money on the outside and into the case. So it feels more high quality. I'm going to come to you first, Nolan Eric, because uh, you haven't spoken for months on this show. So you get to go <laughs> first. <laughs> uh, have you okay. tried this? Have, have you had a chance to look at either of the the argon or this? I looked at uh, the specs and everything. Uh, I, don't, I haven't heard uh, the real thing yet. Uh, but I would say what is interesting is that uh, the polyph polyphony? Poly yes, that's polyphony? right. That's right. Yeah. Because uh, a lot of the stuff that's out now from Behringer and all the other companies is usually not polyphonic, not, not eight voices or 16 voices, very rarely, because that's really expensive to do in analog. Yeah, and, uh, and hard. Uh, yeah. And very hard. And if, if we look at stuff like the, uh, what's it called, the Quantum from Waldorf, yeah. you know, which, which is a great synthesizer, but at 16 voice, Polyphony, polyphony. Yeah. Um, some players uh, uh, complain. They say whenever you know we have uh, notes that are uh, sustained, or if we use a pedal, for example, you know you just start stealing notes quite uh, quickly. So that I think there's still this uh, difference between using a computer-based uh, virtual synthesizer with maybe unlimited amount of voices, and this with only eight. It's you know, that's uh, that's the only thing that I would criticize in general is that these hardware synthesizers usually have uh, a limited amount of voices and for some playing styles and some kind of music that can be a, a very much of a limitation. Yeah, I know. I get your point. I mean, a polysynth with more polyphony is definitely a different thing to play. I mean, uh, the last thing I remember uh, was, well, the Super 6 or the DeepMind 12, when you're in 12 voices and you just kind of keep adding notes and you just sort of, there's a sort of a, a little bit of extra freedom. I don't think it's absolutely necessary, but yeah, I, t I take your point. And it, I wonder what it would cost to up the whatever it is. if Because if there's no analogue in it whatsoever, apart from the D2A... <laughs> then presumably, you know that that cost may. I don't know what what the limitation is. I know, Yoad, you uh, you sorry. Yeah, because that's also why we have this quantum without the analog part with more voices. That's true. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. I've not actually tried the quantum in per person. I, I was going to get hold of one, but it never came about. I think the other one was the hydrosynth, which is eight voices only. But that's that's a, another nice synthesizer in the sort of anal, uh, in the digital domain. Uh, Yoad, you were you were you you said it might fit in my center section. <laughs> yeah, because you, you you remember you measured the your um, what was it the Min, mini uh, mini log yeah mini 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 log uh, which gladly is the same size of the mon uh, of the mini log XD which I purchased and uh, fits snugly into my center section and this is my master keyboard and i really love the sounds and everything it's really cool uh, except for the fact that it doesn't have a modulation wheel which is pretty annoying um 
Um, so yeah, the the Cobalt Eight seems to be another contender for, to fit here, but I'm not going to change this. Uh, I was looking at the Argon. Argon Eight. Ar yeah. Argon Eight. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when it came out, it sounded quite promising. There was something quite dry uh with it for my for my taste and i have to say that in some way i still hear it on the cobalt date uh i watched your uh, first impression and i watched a few other um people on youtube just demoing the the presets uh to me the the first impression i got of it is like it's a kind of modern day jp8000 in a way because the sounds and the presets and the you know the the super saw and all those kind of sounds that uh, reminded me of a, of a JP eight thousand which had nice features but the sound quality was not really that great. It was kind of cheap uh, digital sounding, even though it was very popular. Um, it was still a very popular synthesizer. Um, it sounds. It sounds very impressive. It sounds really nice. For me, what I was thinking is that I would like to get one here and run it to, through some stuff to give right. it a little bit more oomph. It sounded a bit one-dimensional uh, and a bit kind of, you know, when, when the sound stays in the speaker rather than kind of comes out at you okay in, in you, well yeah. i don't i don't so have that, the same that, luxury as such a mon fantastic monitoring environment as you but i think i understand what you mean yeah um yeah so um i don't know maybe maybe if there was i'm sure that the the, the will release a, a desktop version uh i'm not sure but i'm i'm hoping they'll release a desktop version and maybe this one could be of more interest for me uh, specifically, but the the form factor, the price, everything seems seems right to 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 tick all the boxes. So uh, I think yeah. it's a pretty good one. It does seem it is interesting. I mean, I think the fact it, because it looks essentially the same, and that they're obviously not trying to reinvent the wheel with a completely new case and everything, but it actually does sound considerably different. I would say. I know, Rich. Have you tried any of the modal stuff? I get. I don't know how. I think they sell it. They've got their. They've got distribution of Sweetwater. They're they're selling in numbers, so I guess they might. Have you come across any of their stuff? I've come across it in a trade show, but I've never actually spent enough time with it to have the feeling that I have a sense of it. However, watching your uh, video this morning, uh, introing and not fully, just showing us what it sounds like, basically was very helpful to me and very useful to me. And I really enjoyed it, by the way. I always love your videos. Thank you. And I'm interested in what Yoad just said, because the same thing happened with me. Yes, it sounds very good. It's incredibly versatile. It's a ton of synthesizer for the money. It does a ton of things on a very limited number of controllers, which means you're going to have to learn a lot about how to get around it in order to make it work, because it's the farthest thing from a one knob per function it is it, as uh, one could imagine in its defense it's not terribly difficult it's actually quite quick to to get around just just as an aside. understood but it would take some getting used to because yeah. it, as i say it's like the opposite it's the old world of a limited number of controllers in a tiny little window we have re-entered the age of the tiny little window <laughs> now the tiny little windows do a lot more now are, are a lot more versatile and a lot more responsive so 
they're better tiny little windows. But who knew that Electron were going to be profits in this thing? Because we all complained when they came out with their tiny little windows. <laughs> tiny little windows. And now everybody's got tiny little windows. Um, it sounded pretty good. It didn't come jumping out of my speakers at me. It didn't breathe life into my being. Like it's all mm. I can say. It sounded very, very good though. And it does a ton of stuff. And for the money, it's an incredibly versatile product that I think is very worthy of people's consideration. I wonder, but I, I didn't hear I, things that floored it's an me. It's an interesting <laughs> thing. I'm wondering whether that, you know, there are certain things that don't always translate well to the YouTube thing. And I wonder if the, there's a difference. Because in the room, like the same, I had the same thing with the uh, Super 6, which I, I've done the review and I, I'm just kind of doing some final tweaks on it. In the room, it's like, wow. And the same, I got the same thing with the Cobalt 8, but as soon as you record it and then play it back, there's there's just, a, I mean, it might just be I've got a really crappy system, but I, I haven't got a crappy system. And, you know, my, it, but just that little bit of difference kind of makes a big difference to the psychoacoustics or the, the, un, the un, undiscernibles, I suppose, the, or the unquantifiables maybe. <laughs> yeah. that might be something to do with it i don't know and there's there's also a quite a, a sound difference i just uploaded a track to youtube to find out you know how they how because youtube does this um volume penalty if the loudness is too high it checks the loudness and then it gives it the the uh, every um, audio track a penalty if it's too loud you know about this so it's mm. um, so i was checking you know how much penalty i would get on the track and i was going back and forth between uh, listening to the track on iTunes, listening to the track within Logic, listening uh, to it on YouTube. And it really sounded different in all of these three players. So there's a huge difference. It was really noticeable difference in sound and feel just by replaying this stuff in a different player. On, mm. and hearing it on YouTube. It's quite considerable. So I think this is something we need to uh, take into consideration as music producers in the future oh, to yeah. really check not only the different speakers systems, different headphones, different speaker systems, but we really need to go through all the different uh, playback engines uh, watch, you know, how they react to uh, the different compressions they do. And they they all they are all uh, like engines, playback engines. They're not neutral. And uh, I think there's something to consider. That's a really good point, actually. And I think you, because you, recently I've, I've switched uh, editing, editing software. So I now use uh, something called DaVinci Resolve, where I've got... Uh, easy i can monitor the the luffs so and it, the, the what you're aiming for with youtube or what they say is you want minus 13 as your as your right, stat, yeah. which will stop you from being kind of either reduced or increased so i guess it will be the uh, at least one process is not being applied but i you know imagine with these uh, this is an interesting point with these mega corps which are you know one tinker to the uh, to the algorithm of the uh, of the audio which might shave 3% off the uh, of the amount of data used or smaller or larger and yet that saving in terms of storage and on a global level is enormous so we are those are the sort of factors that presumably are making a difference i not uh, rich i saw you nodding nodding along there with the idea of these different playback engines i wonder if youtube's changed it recently as well it seems like there's something different going on but uh, i'd have to do some experiments uh, yeah yeah i agree i think it's a very very good point appreciate it Anyway, okay, well, anyway, that's available. Modal Electronics, I think it's in the stores, pretty much coming up. We don't know, because uh, with the Argon, they did a desktop, which is kind of cute, and this would make sense. And they also did a, an X, which had five-octave keyboard. 
Um, so I'm guessing this is probably destined to have that. Probably seeing what the response is like with the with the sort of simple model, and then maybe they'll take it on from there. Who knows? It's almost impossible to be sure. Uh, right. Oh, I did want to mention briefly. Uh, uh, where am I? I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, Sonic Talk, uh, Isotope uh, have given us a special voucher. If you go to isotope.com forward slash Sonic Talk uh, and use the checkout code SONIC10, uh, you can save 10% on Isotope products. Uh, and that's across the uh, the board, as far as I'm aware. And uh, they made us this very special landing page as well, which I feel I, I still feel ridiculously proud of the fact that we've got our own little space on there, even though it's... <laughs> It's, it, it, it mentions our name. Which, welcome Sonic Talk listeners. So if you want to go to iStep.com Sonic Talk, uh, you can save 10% just by going there and using the code SONIC10 at checkout to save 10% on any of the products that they currently do. Uh, right, what's next? Let's see. Ah, more Dreadbox. Uh, these are two new modules from uh, Dreadbox in the current... In the chrome, is it the chromatic range? I think they're called chromatic range. Uh, Antidote, which is a uh, carplus strong and a, uh, a Euphoria, which is an eight-stage analog phaser. That's quite uh, atonal, this particular demonstration, but the Carpola Strong thing is the thing that interests me. 10 HP, 99 bucks each, which actually is very reasonable and kind of starting to get into kind of competing ter territory with some larger manufacturers who are knocking them out dirt cheap. This is quite interesting. I'm, now, I'm not a particular... I've wanted to get into Carpola Strong or try it out and I've never really kind of gone there um, because usually what happens, there's... When you have things on a synth that you can modulate the delay time from something... You can sometimes use note value to that, but it very rarely is scaled to the point where you can actually tune it and create these impulses so you can play a tuned delay. Now, I, so I'm, I'm waiting for a synth that comes along to do that, but maybe what I need is the uh, Dreadbox Antidote. Um, again, uh, I don't know. I'll come to you, Yad. Carplot Strong, I mean, I don't know if that's a synthesis technique or area you've applied your uh, developer brain to yet or if something you're interested in or played around with or... Um, not yet. However, I remember in the early days uh, on the Lexicon PCM80, which I still have here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, there used to be there used to be a resonator program which did just that. Uh, basically, it was a, a delay, very short delay with feedback, uh, and it had MIDI, so you can plug a, a MIDI keyboard and play the notes. Ah, okay. uh, so that was, but that was based on the input. So it wasn't a generator as much as it was a, a kind of a process on the on the input signal that you, you fed through it. Um, that was uh, done in the digital domain. It doesn't, doesn't really matter because the sound is the sound. You get a kind of a resonant, um, pitched kind of sound uh, some uh, this technique is used in uh, physical modeling yeah. um, as well uh, the one one of the disadvantages is that um, that the, the range the playable range is very limited because if you go too low you start hearing the the pulses so the pulsating kind of so it, it becomes like delay taps and when when it's too high it's just very very unpleasant and feedbacky 
Um, so there's a limit. So there's a quite a narrow sweet spot that you can use on it. I haven't tried the um, the new uh, module, but uh, but I, I presume it will it will still uh, comply to, to those same limitations. But it's nice because it it's it sounds different and it generates kind of very present uh, tones. Hmm. Um, I like the I like the the whole form form factor that they have there. It seems like a nice kit to to have all these nice modules, uh, colorful, and I like the fact that it's faders because it feels like I don't know. It looks a bit like a System One Hundred sort of vibe. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that very, makes it a bit easier. Very cool. It definitely. I. I don't know. Uh, Rich, did you you studied uh, electronic music? Did you? Was Carpla strong? Well, so, experimental music, I believe. If I. I haven't. I haven't got your CV in front of me or your educational background, but I remember you talking <laughs> about it in the past. Um, was Carpla strong? One of those techniques that was maybe discussed during those those early years, or is it something that's a bit more, a bit strong, a bit later on? I remember hearing of it before the end of the 1970s. Uh, I wonder if the descendants of Carplus or Strong ever envisioned that their relative would become so famous. Um, uh, it's, it's some kind of pizzicato world. It's, it always says strings and you always expect to hear some kind of magnificent arco marcato thing going on. And in fact, it's some sort of fancy pizzicato with a lot of delays as uh as it's been described previously. And uh, I, what I need to do that has that kind of point on it in general now, I would prefer to do an FM. Right. But, but that said, Dreadbox make wonderful products. This thing sounded great in the demo videos I watched uh, next to their new phaser. And, uh, and it's a perfectly valid way of getting a ping out of life you know but it's it's very uh pizzicato -y to me and it's in its functional usage yeah 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 i can understand i know hans uh, that you know that dreadbox makes i mean i don't know if you are i'm a big fan of dreadbox stuff i've not experienced any of their modular things but i love their desktop synthesizers i think they just mm. make great great stuff have you have you come across any of these or or car plus strong in its uh, purest form have you found a use I haven't found a use because I'm more a pop guy, <laughs> a pop old school pop guy. And when I look at this, just like Joe had said, it looks like a System 100. That would be pro probably much more appropriate for me. And if I need something that goes into, uh, sonically into that direction, I would prefer just like as Rich does, uh, some sort of FM or ring modulation, you know, this would be more my kind of tools that I would go for. And I can find that in most traditional, more traditional sort of stuff. So I'd be more tempted uh, to go for uh, System 100. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a fair point, I suppose. So. I mean, I think the thing about these is, uh, yeah, a couple of strong tends to be that sort of thing where you well, you like the idea of it, and then the actual the actuality of it when you try and use it in something is, like you say, like Rich said, you know, and you know, I said, there's this sort of very limited sweet spot and application. So maybe you know, yeah, maybe mm. it's not. And if you're into more into into more into melodies and pop songs, you know, maybe electronic pop songs, yes, uh, you will find little use for this. 
Yes, and you probably aren't using an awful lot of modular, I'd imagine, as well, <laughs> if that would no, be the case. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm actually currently on a round trip back to uh, uh, to software. <laughs> I've had a lot of fun. I tried out the, the Roland Cloud. I got really, I mean, it's a bit, bit buggy on my computer for reasons I haven't quite uh, discovered yet. Um, but I'm sort of going back into that route because I'm for somebody who likes to work on more traditional pop songs, um, I find uh, this sounds great. And, mm. um, when, when, and, and as Rich said, you know, I don't want to go back to the little windows. No, yeah. I know the little windows from my MT32. You know, that was a very little window. Yeah, and two, I, two lines, I rather yeah. have, I have my... Uh, yes, something a bit more... 31, that's a big window, right? <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm in the, I'm, I need glasses these days and I need a big window. <laughs> very good point so i'm a big window guy yeah back no, to th the big window well of course if you're after if you're thinking about system 100 you can make an entire one now Beringer do i think pretty much the full range so you could equip yeah. yourself i don't know what the costs are but i think they're a little bit more expensive than these i'm not sure but depending on what no i actually is. looked at it and it's about um i think they have a, a pre pre um configured system now uh, with I think seven or eight modules this is about a thousand euros okay which is that's... which is okay yeah that's that's certainly cheaper than a used one that you'd find or uh, maybe but... if you're doing it with system 500 modules that the uh, that Roland released with uh, some time back which are actually quite hard mm. to get hold of but yeah and I'm an old school human league guy you know I love the human league stuff and that's always very sort of cocky Rolandy. yeah absolutely Okay, well, that new Dreadbox modules. Oh, yeah, there was, and uh, what was the other thing? Uh, now, this was a blast from the past. Uh, this is actually, well, this, is, this video is actually not from Iris 2, but Iris 1. Uh, Iris uh, it being currently free via uh, an offer with uh, um, uh, Plugin Boutique, free till the end of November. I think this is the second time they've done this. Uh, I think they did it in the in August as well. There's a video there on uh, Synth Anatomy. Uh, put that, but I've got this video here, which I just just would play just for the fun of the nostalgia of it. This is Iris One introduction by a certain Mister. Oops, it's probably that so, one. So uh, this is a special kind of Sonic Lab episode. I'm here with Dave Spears of G4 Software, but we're actually looking at Isotope Iris. Now, why is that, Dave? Can you explain your involvement? <laughs> Well, I was involved in the very early stages. Wow. Gosh, that, I think that was when we just moved into this building and I hadn't figured out how to uh, get the creases out of the backdrop or light it or, <laughs> or wear anything that was, that was a bit less unflattering, uh, shall we say. <laughs> but yeah, Iris 2. I know, Rich, actually, because you, but on pre-show, you, you went and tried to do this because it was, uh, you know, Iris 2, as we know, actually, before we go, Iris, the story goes... Uh, Dave Spears was working on, uh, was using, um, God, what's the name of the product? RX, early RX, which is kind of like Photoshop for audio was, was how it's considered. And we were talking about it and, um, it came up on Sonic Tour. I don't know which one of us said it, but it was like, it would make a really good synth, wouldn't it? And that kind of got the juices flowing. And I think that Isotope then contacted Dave and Dave got involved because I think they used some of their filter code in it and it became an instrument. And so that's that's part of the reason we have this sort of long-standing relationship with Isotope because we kind of were instrumental in some way in kind of 
pushing that idea uh, into into fruition. So that's that's how I that, that that's the story. So Rich, did you did you go for? Have you got? Did you have Iris or Iris Two anyway? Or I you... have Iris. Right. I have Iris and have used it and love it. And basically, what they've allowed oh. you to do is use the spectrogram as an oscillator source, and mm. uh, you can define a piece of the spectrogram in order to band limit it or do anything you sort of want to it and then use that as a source oscillator in a multi oscillator patch. And it really, and you can play it forward and backward or you can do, you can slice up little bits in the middle. It's very, very versatile and it's very, very cool. And it does some things that are not easy to do that I know of in any other way. Uh, I'd love to learn of other ways, but it's very unique and useful. I had a rather frustrating uh, purchase experience on this this morning, wherein I ended up buying it at full price because I never did find the field into which to enter the discount um, code. And now I am trying to negotiate my way back out of that transaction with uh, them. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a shame. It is unfortunate, but the product itself, I think, is wonderful, and I really do want it. And after we get through all of this, I'm going to try again because I'd like to have Iris. It might, well, I might as well have Iris too because it's probably got more uh, twice as good. I'm told more waveform <laughs> stuff. Oh, well, there you go. If it has more source waveforms, that's all I really care about because the Iris one I have is fine. Well, I've got I just there's some of the sounds, but they're just looking at the interface. I think if I make that full screen, we probably get this is uh, Tom Weiss's uh, sound demo from uh, back in the day, uh, and this is kind of look at the interface. So you got four sources, and each one can be kind of like have multiple play points for each note and go in different directions. And there's uh, if you check over that, there's a whole bunch of sounds in here. Um, I don't know. I'm guessing Yoad, you you probably know how it works. Probably. Uh, probably got something along those lines have you have you used this because i've got a feeling that you probably came on the show later than this was around that this yeah. yeah yeah um yeah i've used uh i tried the first one when it came out um and it, yeah it seems it seemed quite exciting i remember experimenting myself with uh with importing uh bitmaps to uh soundforge because on SoundForge, I think you can do it. You can still do it on Audacity, which allows you to import raw uh, data um, and and then create uh, basically using the bitmap as uh, as a PCM source. So when you loop it, it kind of sounds like an oscillator. And if you have kind of great gradients and things like that in the picture, it will translate to sort of Pulse width and things like that. So I was I, I used to experiment with stuff like that, um, and um, it, it seems it seems with all the, the the sound the sound extensions right now that it's more um, of a granular yeah. synthesizer, the granular a PCM synthesizer um, rather than uh, a, a picture or however they call it uh yeah um, I've like a visual photoshop for yeah i see what you're saying yeah yeah so i don't feel i have i have downloaded it because uh it's free and i wanted to know what's uh new in version two and all that i did it last night uh i played with it for one second but i didn't really uh dive yeah, into it, it. it takes a bit um, of time. 
for me like i have you know i have the the native instrument uh some of the what are they called the the modules in reactor which are granular and things like that and i and i, I to be honest i prefer the interface there because it's simpler and it's more accessible um the iris seems to be very kind of scientific um and and for me from my perspective as someone who you know makes uh synthesizers and synth plugins and stuff um i'm very much aware of the ux and ui uh the the user experience and the user interface and uh, i'm not too keen on what i see in iris 2 uh however it's free so there's there's nothing to lose uh exactly. by downloading it and experimenting with it very true uh, the question co that comes to mind is why is it free and are they planning a, a new kind of flagship synthesizer i hope they do because that could be really interesting um yeah that's my yeah, well, I know that's a fair point. What's interesting about it, I think, with the, where the RX technology merges is the idea of this kind of being able to lasso and the the, the complex filtering and, and playing with the spectro as well as the granular stuff. Um, so, uh, non Eric, um, I saw, there was a bit caused a bit of a bit of a, a fury when this came out because it was such a new concept, and we don't often get new concepts in synthesis coming out very often, do we? So, it's nice to have. And I have it. to disagree with Joet. There is no uh, such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> well, that's true. You're spending your time on it, you know? It's not free. <laughs> they take your time. They well, take your time. Yes. But I think, uh, obviously, if, if I'm the conventional pop guy, I would probably use presets on this uh, software. And that would be insulting, actually. Because just, you know, firing up the presets that uh, probably come with it. Uh, I think this is a tool... Uh, to really delve into sound creation, be very, very original. Uh, if you're some, if you're a musician who uh, thinks or feels and works much more in a, in a sort of not in a song, but more in a textural or sound universe, this could be something. Maybe it's the only thing that you need, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, to, to create new music. And I think it's great for experimentation, but and it's uh, it's insult to just uh, use the presets, which I would do. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, that's a fair point. I mean, I think it seemed to be very well designed for, for sound design because you can do things which are, are kind of uh, have a sort of... Um, what's the word I'm looking for, a kind of uh, a conceptual idea, which is works very nicely running through the thread of kind of movies and stuff uh, and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, I wanted to point out, actually, before uh, we get too far into the show, even though we're very far into the show, uh, we did actually do the live stream with uh, Matt Hodson, aka Maths, last night. Uh, and if you want to check that out, he did a track from uh, scratch with some MIDI that I sent over on the uh, the remote RTP MIDI session that we did a video on uh, last week. So if you want to check that out, I'm just going to post the link in the, sh in the show notes and it'll be in the uh, live stream as well. Uh, really good fun. Thanks to Matt for being so game and doing that because you know when you have literally one track and a chord to to get you started that's 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 a brave business um okay so uh what's next um do we want to look at undertone Is I, anybody I, did, I, did, I posted two uh, topics that i found today ah. did you guys see that no i didn't 
I'm oh, afraid sorry. not. Is okay. it something that we could talk about, though? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Ah. I don't want to... I don't want to... Well, uh, pretty uh, easy. Uh, logic on arm. Oh, yes, I see. I saw it. I saw, that I saw one's it. easy. Logic on arm. <laughs> Extract vocal tracks from any audio. I'd, I don't want to be the whole sorry. This is probably just... <laughs> it's... Just, <laughs> hold on a sec. Let me just uh, bring that down. Um, extract vocal tracks from any audio. I'm just going to throw that up there. That was one that came up. But I have not had a chance to try these because they came in an yeah. hour ago. Usually I'm a little bit... I try and get them done the day before if I can. So it might have just skipped my memory because I was probably prepping for the show. Uh, well, in that case, um, maybe what we could do... Let's have a quick look at the uh, um, undertone. Does this look kind of interesting? This again is a sound design kind of thing. This, the idea of this is... Wow. Um, is it basically works... Well, I'll try and let the video play for a bit. So only AAX, which is an interesting thing, which is not often, but it works. So you could take sections of audio uh, and then build these kind of rather uh, lovely, I guess, granular... Um, have a look. I suppose it's quite similar to Iris 2, but without the pretty pictures. And <laughs> and an easier way of doing it. So, yeah, you can load in uh, the sounds and create... I mean, if I, if I fast-forward this, I don't know if anyone had a chance to see this. I may be... So it's good for... Basically, the idea is good for creating these kind of long room tones and very sort of otherworldly... Uh, um, textures less about the music more about the sound design and the textures and i suppose that's going to be useful for more for people who are doing sound design for images and that sort of thing where you're going to need this this kind of functionality um, um i don't know it's 199 bucks for pro tools audio suite only audiokids.it let me see if i can throw this out i feel like i'm massively underprepared for this so maybe we could we could just have a quick skirt of this did you get a chance to see that no eric i'm guessing you maybe you no didn't. unfortunately no, not that, this one. No. That's, a, that's a miss. There, I should have some sort of I should have some sort of icon or a thing I can play, which is like a meh, meh, like we used to have tumble. Oh <laughs> <laughs> wait a. <laughs> yeah, I can find mine. Did you uh, trombone thing? Did you get a chance to check that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. Um, just to to correct you, it's not. If, I mean, it is AX AX in the format, but it's not a real time plugin. So it runs only in Audio Suite. So it's an ah. offline plugin. You can use the preview, and I suppose in a way you can maybe hack your system to use Soundflower or something like that to to record it to another platform or something like that. Uh, the the disadvantage is that you have only a preview which is a one-shot thing so you, you it doesn't have a transport where, where you yeah. can play so you can either play, preview it or render it like we saw in in the video so um i think the motivation came from um from post-production and um and basically um ambient sound or ambient noise recreation of uh of for adr uh and things like that when you when you have um a voice oh, recorded yeah. from the set with the boom and then you you do the adr and suddenly it's all dry and recorded in a in a in the studio so you need to to create the the the, the sound bed or the 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 room tone or whatever however you want to call it uh and and then 
what you sometimes have to do is to find a bit where there was a bit of of uh, non like a non-event and then you try to loop it and then it sounds like just the room tone or the ambience and then you loop it and it sounds very mechanical and stuff like that so what this does is uh it um it uses some sort of uh, convolution uh, and probably a statistical model which prevents it from sounding um, too repetitive. Repetitive, right, okay. Uh, well, it's, it's a convolution, and, and, com it says it's a convolution, uh, granular and convolution synthesis, which sounds like... Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and the, the, the granular so, um, aspect of it is probably uh, pre um, implemented in such a way that prevents it from being too repetitive and uh, recursive. Uh, so, so it sounds more more natural. Right. I think that the the sample you showed um, relates to to music, but uh, I would presume that a lot of the the use for that would be in post production and uh, and that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. yeah it okay. Looks very I interesting. And, and in that aspect, but it's fine that it's uh, that it's offline because all you need to do is to to get a sample of your room tone a few seconds or however long you you have it for and then just feed it to the thing mark mark your uh, selection in proto so you can mark it for like an hour or something like that and then you create that right. room an tone for room and, right. and okay. then you 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 use it under your um i got i got it. adr Oh, Interesting. Yeah. And, uh, Very not, important. Yeah, actually, no, I was, because... so not, we, what we need in our business, non-Eric, is, uh, is um, room tone, which includes the sound of overworked laptops uh, with the fans <laughs> going, because that's uh, yeah, always yeah, the background yeah. to all of our remote yeah. uh, discussions, right? Yeah. yeah, when I did my movie tribute on the cover and tribute band scene here in Germany last year, uh, sometimes you just forget uh, to record the ambience, you know? which you always need one minute ambience whenever you do an interview or anything. So this would come in really, really handy for that purpose. And that also uh, solves the mystery why it's only a, uh, for Pro Tools so far, yeah. because that's, uh, that's a post-production. Yeah, no so. Oh, you found and, your button. Uh, Nick, I found my button. That sounds like Dave Spears. <laughs> <laughs> what if he's got a little side product there interesting <laughs> thank you very much I, I think i think we need some more of those I, i'm starting to kind of get an idea of uh the specific podcaster slash uh remote interviewer tools uh and i've got a series of cards which are i can't hear you you need to enable your webcam have you tried soundflower <laughs> you know, all these kind of things or uh, can you hear me i can hear you and i also we also need these kind of uh, uh sound effects generators for that sort of thing so that's a definitely a good one uh, Rich, I, I'm, I guess with ADR, I, I, I'd not really thought about it. Room tone recording is, you know, I, I guess people who've done location sound, they know all about this kind of thing, but I'd, I'd forgotten about that. It's actually quite very useful. Well, I think the company that's promoting it forgot about it too because they didn't emphasize that at all in their promotional <laughs> materials. But I think Yoad is absolutely right and that that's probably its most uh, useful application. Um, I quite liked it. I thought it sounded great. I enjoyed it. I thought Yoad covered it very, very well, and I don't really have that much more to add to that. But uh sounded good to me. I wished it would be a real-time thing that I could play different kinds of sounds into to try them out without having to rely on a preview button all the time because I think like a musician, not like an ADR guy. But uh, 
Yeah. But no. otherwise it sounds, it sounded great and it seemed like a really cool thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, if you want to check that out, that's called, uh, audio kids. Well, if you find it, oops, audio kids.it is where you're going to find it. It's called undertone. Uh, right. Um, now what have we got? Well, we've got a couple left. Uh, um, I wonder, did anyone get a chance to read the Tatsuya interview? Is anybody interested in that as a, as a topic? A show of hands would be fine while you're off. Yeah, no, okay. So uh, an instrument I've never <laughs> heard of. An instrument I've never heard. Well, maybe we'll get to that to another one. Um, this is, uh, oh, that's not what it was at all. Is it this one? I thought I had it. Mm. Oh, damn, I haven't got the video. I, what I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll uh, bring this up and I think there's I think there's an event. Yeah, I'll play it this way. This That'll work. Mm. It's called Clave. Which is a rare Czech electric piano, which you know, I'd never heard of. And I think it reminds me of one of those, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's a very small. Piano. Pianet. That's Pianet. Pianet. It's Tines. Tines, yeah. It's very rare. And it's made by Samplesum. Totally forgotten and underrated. Maybe with good reason. We'll we'll discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, must have for electronic piano collectors. I guess if you had the original, that would be awesome. But that's that is the original. Uh, I believe this comes as uh, it's like twenty nine bucks. I mean, it's just a, and it's got a, a left time, right time ambient, and it's got some extra processing as well. Interesting. I mean, it's not often you get to sort of see a new instrument nor discover one that you know never heard of before. But yeah. Pionette, isn't it? You're absolutely right there. Um, have you ever come across this instrument before? No. <laughs> it looks like a poor man's uh, Rhodes, doesn't it? <laughs> well, that, I think that was the thing with the Pionette. Well, and not only that, as somebody yeah. with a, a Rhodes for a person with a bad back, perhaps as well. So Yeah, yeah. And I think it's interesting that um, in the age of emulation and bringing back old stuff, we suddenly see um, synthesizers or uh, instruments that at the time, just didn't really cut it, you know, like uh, like a Poly 6 or something like this, which was the poor man's version of a prophet or a moog. And they, they are coming back as well. So it's quite interesting that in the search for, you know, reviving something, we started to uh, also emulate and bring back stuff that at the time when it came out were actually only in the... Not in the Premier League, but one down, you know, in the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's Absolutely. a very good point. Uh, Rich, I, 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 I've, I think the... P, did the Pionet have a little bit more about it than this? Or is it exactly the same Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I've got one right over here, by the way. Oh, um, have you? Ooh. A Honor oh. Pionet Clavinet Duo. Uh, oh, but, nice. And, and all of it kind of derives from the same technology that was in the Wurlitzer electric piano that... Uh, that was one of the first to appear actually predating most of them. I think Honer appeared around the oh, same yeah. time, yeah, okay. but, uh, but they're all little metal bars with something at the end of it to tune it. And it's, and it's some kind of keying mechanism. And this is cool because it's 29 bucks and it's a different take on that kind of thing. So if you use it, it won't sound exactly like a Pianet or a, like a Wurlitzer. So when a Wurlitzer and a Pianet just won't do, this will be the thing. Um, <laughs> but it, isn't it true that in this day and age, that's also a problem in, in music generally, I think, is that today we are capable of emulating or bringing any sound that we imagine 
you know we can use it like in the old days you would just have you wouldn't have a moog synthesizer so you would get your organ and a phaser and a distortion pedal to create that similar sound and be original but these days we can you just fire up anything and i doubt if somebody says oh we need to have a kind of if you're in the studio say hey can you bring up you know i want a kind of an electric piano i need sound. the clave yeah some, right now yeah you wouldn't you wouldn't you would just bring up the world plug-in or the roads plug-in or whatever and unless, um, unless you had the physical unit which in which case you probably would fire it up to play with because you go wow that's cool what's that and it, obviously you'd have our interaction with it i suppose but maybe but yeah. rich would disagree huh I don't know, i'm not sure but i don't usually use the ease of getting to it as the primary criteria for what i'm going to choose to do next so i try to let my imagination run what it should be and now we just have more ways to get there is another way of looking at it you know That's but true. uh i mean i have i also have romance for the times where i had to work really hard in the old days and the options were severely more limited and you ended up with a really cool and unique sound and i'm not at all saying that that's not a perfectly valid way of looking at it um but to me it's just like more paints in the in the in the arsenal more more stuff on the palette you can draw from yeah but we're getting we're whether getting, you choose to do it that way or not <laughs> is your deal we're, are we going back to the days of uh the the 15 hours listening to snare samples uh, uh or maybe oh God, uh, electro <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah, I, 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 you've got room for one of these in the center section. I, I, I think they're quite narrow. You could probably just replace a bank of faders with a uh, an actual clave. <laughs> with a plug-in. Yeah, clavifon um, is rather... Yeah, I mean, well, all I would say is with the track they chose to demo it, if that's kind, if that's the kind of music they they used on the original one, it's no wonder that no one has heard about it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it sounds all right. Well, is that, by the way, is that a contact? Is that a contact? Um, I'm just looking to. Thing, or is it a standalone? It says. Uh, standalone. Let me see. I think it's yeah. What is it? Video. Let me just have a look. See what it is. I don't know if it is a contact. What. Uh, scalable it interface. Looks like a standalone, doesn't it? Yeah, I think they've got yeah. their own. Yeah, I think it is. Product details, spectral modeled, real time spectral transformers, just 35 megabytes, no velocity switching, ambient effects, blah, 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 blah. Ready, ready uh, no purchases, no contact. Well, yeah. 35 megabytes tells you that it's not a very sampled, expressive instrument. Very thoroughly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, maybe it's okay. You know, some I I still love some of the old Akai samples uh, from yeah. the day when I had, I think, eight megabytes of memory and stuff, and you had like a two megabyte piano or something like that, and it just sounds great because it just does. Oh. That's right. Well, they do model stuff. You're right because we get we we looked at this before, wasn't it? The electro nylon, yeah. possibly, which was the combination. Yeah. And we were talking about the idea of mashing up instruments, and that was an instrument that was oh. mashed up. Uh, uh, what to bush a foot? Yeah. So they make some very interesting stuff. But yeah, at that price again, you can't really can't really argue. It's it's you know who who why not twenty nine bucks if you've got. I mean, you could spend that on uh, a week's worth of coffee if that's what you're want was well i think we've probably made it to uh what feels like the the the, the kind of end of the show uh, it's been a pleasure having everybody aboard uh non it's lovely to have you uh, i do hope we yep. can uh, we could speak we can catch up again and maybe we, we're due yes. a long a long and frank discussion offline i think it'd be nice to nice to um to see what you're up catch to up yeah. yeah yeah what's yeah, next what's next for you what's idea. your next video what's uh, what's coming out next uh, what are you plugging what well, tomorrow we'll be uh, doing a podcast and I have uh, the four 
uh, musicians in the show uh, that will be discussing how we collaborated or they collaborated in getting this song I did from the demo stage into uh, production level. You know, just discussing all the pitfalls of online collaboration, you know, how... Oh, interesting. Because uh, the, the drummer was playing to an MP3 because... Uh, didn't the the email didn't went uh, go out with a zip file with all the uh, simple tracks and he didn't he thought I was such a sloppy guy I would let him play the drums on an MP3 file so he played on MP3 file and there were problems with the starting points and then all these little uh, things that can go wrong or um, and, uh, and also we would like to discuss how you should communicate what you need for your production. You know, to 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 discuss all the things you sh should sort out before engaging into a project with other people via mm. online file sharing. Interesting. That sounds like a fascinating program. I wish I was fluent, more fluent in German, because I would like to very much like to listen to that. <laughs> but uh, but hey, maybe YouTube can transcribe it into English with subtitles automatically. They probably can, can't they? Yeah, Just got to press can, the button. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it'll work. Well, love, like I say, lovely to have you. And the URL is musotalk.de. Talk.de. .de. Yes, and takes you. Yeah, and takes you to my YouTube channel. Exactly. Musotalk. Yeah, go. and it's you will find 1,600 videos on music production gear and more coming wow. every week. Excellent. Nearly. We. I think. We, we, yeah. We, you and I are both in the thousands now, so uh, yeah. lots and lots of them there, yeah. Uh, Yoad, lovely to have you too. Um, always nice to see you. Uh, I will, I'll measure up the uh, Cobalt 8 for you, just in case uh, you, you do fancy replacing <laughs> okay. it. Did you ever get the modification? Because you were talking about trying to get hold of the, get the effects on the uh, Minilog XD as a separate processor did you manage to get yeah to the but i'm that? i'm not i'm not that much into them once i've once i've listened to it in the studio um they sound more impressive on youtube like uh, maybe maybe the youtube algorithm actually does them. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah i'm off i'm off that i just wanted to to comment on the topic that uh, non eric um, uh, brought in uh, extract vocals from any audio does that always also mean any audio that doesn't have vocal in the first place yeah interesting any audio well that's that, that there's a, that an issue with the terminology yeah well we'll try that maybe we'll yeah. la la it's called la la l-a-l-a-l dot a-i so uh, there you go. Choose a file and drag and drop it here. I don't, I, I, I don't have anything with vocals on that wouldn't be copyright. So I'm not going to try that now. But maybe we'll bring it in for yeah. No, way. just uh, yeah. I wonder if you if you throw on it a piano track, it will if it will extract the vocals from it. That would be interesting. <laughs> that would be a nice uh, idea, or, or try to at least. Yeah. The ghost vocals, yeah. the hidden vocals. Excellent. Uh, well, encrypted vocals. Lovely to have you, uh, Yoad, and um, we'll see you again very soon. And also, Mr. Rich Hilton, nice to see you and nice to have you uh, on again. Uh, I hope that the rest of your day is uh, uplifting and enjoyable uh, in as much as it could be, given given what you're probably going to go and face now. <laughs> but, well, anyway, Rich, lovely to see you. I hope you're well and... And we're looking forward Lovely to, to be seen. seeing you more. Okay, well, that's it for this week. That was uh, Sonic Talk episode 642. Uh, as, as is my way, I will... Let me see. I need to go to here. Uh, um, oops, close. I hope my live stream is working. Oh, yes, my live stream is working. We'll say goodbye. That's it for Sonic Talk 140. 
42, recorded today, live Wednesday, the uh, 4th of November. We'll see you all next time. Take care. Bye-bye now.